You can now hear Movie Heaven, Movie Hell on Stitcher. Stitcher is ready on demand. Listen anytime, anywhere. Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discover from 20,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows. You can also create your own custom playlists. Stitcher is available on iOS, Android, Nook, iPad, and in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and it's on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. You can stream your favorite podcasts from Stitcher. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the app store. And please leave us a review and rating on Stitcher. Thank you. Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell, with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies, TV shows, and the various aspects of film production. And for this bonus episode, we are joined by somebody that Simon and I have both worked with. We have with us makeup and effects artist Virginia Popova. So, Virginia, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Not too bad at all. Um, obviously, like I said there, myself and Simon, we know exactly who you are. But for the benefit of uh, our listeners out there, do you want to start off just by telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, and what you do uh, creatively for a living? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a makeup and special effects makeup artist, and I do... Um, hair makeup and prosthetic makeup, uh, injury and all kinds of special effects makeup for mainly films, sometimes stage. Um, that's about it. <laughs> and that's quite a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. And at the moment <laughs> I'm studying digital effects at uh, National Film and Television School. Is it just digital effects or is it using digital effects to uh, add to sort of uh, practical effects? Uh, the course is mainly digital effects, but it does co collaborate with um, speci the special effects and the practical effects side of things. So we have a module on uh, practical effects like explosions and atmospheres and rain and stuff like that. And then we have a module on prosthetics as well, uh, in which we produce um, our so-called Gorefest uh, short film, which okay. is in collaboration with Gordon Studios. Um, where we go and, you know, produce all the prosthetics for the film and all the um, effects needed, gore effects needed, hence the name Gorefest. Uh, <laughs> it's usually a horror story. No, it's always a horror story. <laughs> um, so, yeah, very gory. Yeah. Very gory. It's great fun. Have you done your one yet or, is, or are you yet to do it? Um, well, our one is just finished. Okay. Um, it's called Good Samaritans, and it's a vampire story. Ah. Ah, <laughs> very good too. That sounds great. Uh, the um, last year, uh, Gorefest made it to the, um, what was it, the film for? Um, oh, Frightfest. Frightfest, yeah. Mm. It was called The Mayflower. Okay. And it was shown in the Frightfest last year. 
So maybe we'll make it to the Fright Fest as well. Oh, fingers crossed. Who knows? <laughs> well, well, we'll certainly be there <laughs> if you do. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so, so that that that's great. I mean, you, you know, one of the things we've been discussing on some of our recent podcasts actually is this sort of. Um, we often talk about you know the 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 old school world of in camera based uh, effects um you know versus this this digital world that we're now in uh, of of visual effects as well and um i think you know when movies are, are almost at their best nowadays is when they sort of combine elements of both and i just wondered fr- from a from a makeup artist's point of view um you, you know what what are your feelings on this and 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 you know which do you prefer and how do you like to work well you're you're kind of um right on the point there there was like a big um, quarrel between the special effects and the digital effects uh, side of the business for a long time um, and when I started with special effects back in 2008 a lot of people were asking me why am I studying special effects when you know they're not going to exist in a couple of years that's what everybody were saying um, and I turned around back then and I said well I don't think this is an art that would ever die um, because it gives you this more human feel to things um, that digital effects not always manages to do, no matter how good it is. Um, and in recent years, they start combining both. So the, the, the departments, the digital effects departments start working quite close with the special effects departments and collaborate in various different areas. Uh, for example, they have um, special effects guys producing pyrotechnical effects on green screen and then using that to compose um, in the final picture so they don't create the fire effects or the, the explosion effects. They actually use a real one and they just add them to the back plate they have. Um, and they have much better results and, than what they used to have before plus it's faster mm-hmm. um, so they have a bit of both um, digital effects are very time consuming and very um, they require a lot of human power to be produced so in recent years people realize that the best result kind of aesthetically pleasing and financially is to combine both so they shoot the effects in camera to the best they can, and then they can enhance that digitally, uh, which means they only need to work on certain parts of, of um, the shot rather than the whole shot, um, which obviously reduces the time needed to be, uh, you know, finished in post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you used the key word there when you said enhanced, and, uh, you, you, you know, it, it does seem that more and more now, um, you, you know, film producers and filmmakers are going back to, you, you know, doing as much as, as as they can in camera when it comes to special effects and, um, you know, stunt work and, you, you, you know, uh, fires and all of that sort of stuff. And um, absolutely, they're using the, the wonderful... Um, manipulation of, of digital effects to to you know greater enhance and expand and you, you know add to it um and 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 you know movies have always been you know about 
different elements and composites and whatever making a final film and uh you know i think when it's when it's handled that way it's uh it works nicely you know you add a bit more blood if necessary uh because then you can always remove it as well if you, if you want to get a pg-13 which a lot of films are doing as well nowadays <laughs> um there's so. also another thing especially in horror films like something like the TV show Supernatural or something like that, when you have, let's say, a ghost character that infects uh, some injuries on somebody, for example. What they do these days usually is they have a prosthetic piece, which is with the injury, and then they work backwards digitally to remove the injury, so you can see in the shot this cut opening. Wow, okay. So that's how they do it, you know, they, they have a, a, a piece applied already and then they just digitally close it slowly backwards and it, it works perfectly, it works amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I mean, from your point of view then, the fact that you're also, if you like, studying the, 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 the digital side as well, is is that with a um, with a view to sort of future proofing yourself, or just being able to expand the amount of um, uh, you know skills that, that that you've already got around the traditional makeup? Um, multiple reasons, really. Um, first, I always was interested of all sides of effects. So I did a model making as well after I did my special effects course. Uh, now this is kind of the last bit of of effects site. Um, prop making site I'm exploring uh, but also I wanted to know what's the process in post-production because I find knowing that makes me think about when I pre create my prosthetics when I know I'm going to work with a digital team makes me think what would serve best them and what would serve best the look so I can design my prosthetics um, to help them as well so we have the best result overall but without I found without understanding what they do I couldn't really do that I couldn't design my prosthetic piece based on what they need as well as what I need now that makes sense so Virginia have you worked on many films then where uh, this process has happened that you've had to do prosthetics that um, for the sort of the digital end? I've done a couple of things since I've been in uh, National Film and Television School. Um, one was for an animation film that I had to uh, create a couple of prosthetic pieces, uh, which were then transitioning into um, into other bits of kind of bit more psychedelic bits of the animation. Um, it was about a post-traumatic stress of a policeman um, and what he's going through and he and it was a combination of live action models and 2D animation. So it had a lot of different techniques in. Um, so the the memories of um, the policeman were live action and he was remembering this murdered kid. And I had to create a couple of prosthetic pieces for it. And then it was going into this kind of dream sequence, or I should say nightmare sequence. Um, which was going from the prosthetic into kind of like a tunnel, mm -hmm. um, blood tunnel. Um, so <laughs> that 
that that was something because you know they had to have uh-huh. a tracking markers on the prosthetic, um, and the prosthetic had to be designed in, in a way that they have a good entrance for it, for the the tunnel to you know to compose one the one bit into the other. So that that was one. That was my probably first big challenge in that kind of sense. And obviously our gore fest was a lot of it. Mm. So in our gore fest were. Um, combination of digital and practical in in a big scale like 70% of the things we did were supposed to be combined Uh, with digital enhancement so yeah wow okay that's cool I don't want to say much to spoil it but we had like a, a bat which was hanging and then flying off and we made a bat a real bat um but then we digitally did the flying off bit. So that was a combination and the digital model had to match the real model. And then there was some other bits, but I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and obviously, you know, you do as, as well as um, actual effects makeup, you, you, you do the sort of regular film makeup and hair as well yeah as part of your job yeah i do yes yeah i've seen you do both so <laughs> uh which but not but not the digital yet <laughs> so yeah not yet no, still not learning yet. there <laughs> it's uh it's a steep learning curve for me there because uh, i i came from practical background completely so um everything was new to me the world same as us really from a from a filmmaking point of view as well you know and it's 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 forever evolving and changing but um so just sort of winding back the clock a little bit then with your story um obviously initially then you had you had a sort of love for the practical um makeup effects um when when you were sort of growing up and and getting interested in this i mean what what sort of what sort of films or makeup artists uh inspired you early on and what what sort of movies are you into i mean what do you like well when i was uh, about 12 i discovered i can draw um and i decided i want to go into arts and about the same time i fall in love with movies as well and my best friend at the time suggested oh why don't you combine both and do special effects and i was like oh what's that um so i started looking into it and i got interested oh sorry about that Can <laughs> you is that your phone that? is that yeah. your phone yeah i wonder i wondered whose it was i was like it's not mine no it's mine sorry you're popular <laughs> it's all those gigs to, uh, <laughs> well actually i supposed to do a live cast um probably later on today so i i think it's probably um message about that ah. <laughs> there you go so it's all relevant that's you good know, yeah <laughs> so so i got interested started trying to look into it which wasn't very easy in um just just post-communist country uh when there was nothing it was a big crisis um you know the regime's just gone and internet wasn't big so there wasn't much access to information so I, any little bit of information i could hang on to and the behind the scenes wasn't big thing back then either so there was like little glimpses here and there whatever i could get hold of and i would use my mom eyeshadows trying to do like 
black eye and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just just try to wing it, you know, without knowing the proper techniques or anything. And then I watched um, two films, uh, which not many people know of, and they're called FX and FX2. Oh, um, yes. There's oh, yes. Yeah, Murder by Illusion. That's the one. Yeah, that's right. Brian Dennehy and uh, oh, was right. it? Who was the other chap? The uh, the Australian chap. Another um, Brian. Brian something as well. Yeah. Brian as well. Oh, that's um, going to annoy me now. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I know the films very well. Yeah. yeah, there were two of them, weren't there? And I believe there was a series as well. <laughs> um, yeah, there was. The series never got to my country, but FX One and Two D. Brian Brown. Brian Brown. Yes, All yeah, right. and I didn't look that up. It's just it took a while for my brain to work. <laughs> I was just about to look at my DVD because I saw them recently released, um, uh, and uh, re-released, obviously, and I bought them. Oh, great! Any extras on them? <laughs> um, not much, sadly, for films oh. like that. Yeah, that, that old movies they don't have that much extras. But it was nice to watch them again, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're both, they're, I remember at the time quite enjoying both of those, so yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're pretty good, I even enjoy them now, you know, they're still called up really good. Yes. Um, the effects are amazing, so that was the, the time that I was like, oh my god, I want to be able to do what that guy does, you know. So that was it for me. <laughs> and then obviously everybody were telling me, oh, you'll never be a makeup artist. There's no, there's no uh, film industry in Bulgaria. There's no courses to study makeup or effects or anything like that. Uh, you should, you know, pick something else. <laughs> so I did uh, textile design in high school and stuff like that. But, you know, in my heart, I could never give it up. So I skipped, like, checking schools in the States and in Canada and stuff. And then I end up coming to UK, and uh, um, after a few years here, uh, I, se I separated with my partner, um, and I decided to go for a course on effects, on special effects makeup. And originally I was accepted in a school in Canada, but I couldn't sort out my funding for it, so I decided to look for alternatives in UK um, and I found a college in London which accepted me and uh, that's how the whole thing started for me um, and basically I was still on my course like four months in when I got my first short short film the minute I stepped on that set I knew that's that that's it for me that's what I want to do so yeah was was that the same college course you were doing when I first met you, or was that yes? Not? Yes. No, it is the same. But ah. the the movie I did with you was my fourth movie. Ah, okay. Um, so I had three shorts before the one we did. Which which one which one was that that you guys did together? Ah, uh, it was called Keeper. Keeper, okay. yeah. Yeah, that was uh, written and produced by Benjamin Green, and uh, starring, yeah. of course. And uh, it was a short for film uh, that was the aim was to raise the money to make a, a feature out of the story. And so yeah. they, they, they sort of made a little short out of it and just to sort of distill the kind of idea that they wanted to do. And then they wanted to go big. They took it to Cannes, I believe. That they then. did. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, where uh, where uh, Ben got some interesting reviews about it. <laughs> really? Yes. So that's that's. I haven't heard that story. <laughs> have you not? Oh, okay. I'll quickly no. tell it to you. What it was is um, when we were over in Cannes, um, Benjamin had the film on on his phone, and so this was. 2009 so the screen wasn't too big but it was big enough that you could watch it and he showed it to a few other filmmakers and uh one filmmaker sort of said oh i really enjoyed it until that part where you crossed the line and um for some reason just saying that sort of riled him up and he got really really angry in the guy's face (laughs) (laughs) he's like crossing the line crossing the line but I must admit that that, that had he. <laughs> yes, he had. Unfortunately. Oh wow! Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it wasn't helped by the mirror next to it, was it? No, no. That was that was a tough shoe. Um, I don't I don't know how that was for you, Virginia, but I, I remember it being quite tough. And the fact that the we shot over a weekend and the Saturday was really long, and they didn't it, feed us properly. It was very pressured oh for me from point of view of mm. effects because I had a lot of effects. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that 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 was a bit tough. Yeah. But it led to you working together again, so it's all good. Yes. <laughs> but um, the thing is, I I had uh, my colleague from college doing the straight hair and makeup for it, so that that took a bit of pressure off, which was good. Do you want to tell the listeners at home uh, what the effect was? Because it was it was really good, and they they actually used it as the poster for the film. Uh, yeah, I still use that on my business cards. Actually, one of the shots that um, Andy did, yeah. Andy Andy Thornhill. Yeah, he he had so he did a couple of really good shots of the suicide gunshot wound uh, I made for the end of the movie. Um, well, I had a numerous effects there because there is like a fight scene. So I had some bruises and cuts on one of the actors, um, a, a cut on the mouth, a black eye, yeah. cut on the ear and some other like small cuts on the face. Um, but then um, the other character um, gets a gun at the end of the film and commits suicide. Um, and I had to do the gunshot um, entrance wound and a, a pool of blood underneath his head in the, this final scene, um, which was a good challenge. Um, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. I got some really good shots of it. And, yeah, they, they did end up using it as the poster. That's right. Oh, nice one. And, and is this is this um, film available online if any of our listeners want to want to see this? I believe it is. I think it's up on YouTube. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's a link to it. All right. Are we yeah, getting- I think... I, I think it is, yeah. Cool. All right, I'll have to check that out because I'm not sure I've seen that one. So uh, <laughs> I'll 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 check it out myself as well. Excellent. <laughs> so that so that's where you two first met, and then obviously. Um, well, that wasn't on where we following first projects. Met. Oh, okay. That was the first time so we, we worked, worked together, together but yeah. we we happened to meet a little bit before that because. Um, of a mutual friend <laughs> well, yes. who happened to be my uh, prosthetic tutor in college, uh, Brandon. 
Brendan. Oh, okay. Le- yeah, Brendan Lonergan. So Brendan was yeah. uh, Brendan Lonergan was my prosthetic tutor in college, um, and we were his first group he ever taught. So we we used to go to the pub a lot with him and our art teacher. Yeah, that's Fridays, right. I think on Fridays. Yeah, Thursdays and Fridays sometimes. Uh, and on one of these occasions, he brought Simon along, which was when I met Simon for the first time, I do believe. That's right. That's right. And um, Brendan, um, he was the uh, special effects um, artist who did uh, Blood and Roses. That's right. We had him on, didn't we, we when did, we yes. did the, uh, the the trip down memory lane with the cast and crew. I remember that well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... Um, because uh, I, f- I think at the time uh, he was planning to do his own short film, which was um, an adaptation of The Ghouls. And oh yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, so, I think he mentioned that when we t- when we uh, when we interviewed him. I seem to remember him saying something about that. Anyway, that's right. It may have yeah. been afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so. it was a case of that uh, he wanted to do The Ghouls as a short, but because it was about. 30 pages long his script it was too long for a short film and uh, too short to be a, a feature so <laughs> I came up with the idea of doing uh, an anthology film based around the exploitation of the dead which was called Habeas Corpus and ah right yeah. yes yeah. and the, the rest, rest is, is history, history there, there. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it kind of was history because um it never got made we we did the oh, trailer it got it got screened i was gonna say i remember that tr- that yeah. trailer getting screened trailer, on yeah. the massive yeah. empire one screen at fright fest um when i first met you actually which was uh you know i can't remember what year that was exactly but um yeah i remember being very impressed to see it up on the uh on the big screen and i i wasn't so impressed with the feature that followed it which i can't <laughs> even remember what that was now so there you go I, I but I believe uh, the feature was called Primal. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's the only occasion I actually worked with Brendan. Mm. Um, yeah. When we did that trailer. Yeah. So how was it working with Brendan? Because, uh, you know, being the producer on that one, I sort of was, you know, I, I was elsewhere doing other things. But what was that like? Uh, it, it, it was a bit of a funny thing, really, because uh, I was supposed to do just the straight hair and makeup. Mm. Um, that that's what the original arrangement, and Brandon was doing the special effects. But then, when on the on the shooting day, he still had some stuff to finish off on the zombie makeup, so I jumped on board to assist him with the special effects as well. Mm. Um, so I was kind of like on set um, person on the special effects while he was like finishing off zombie things and doing the application of the zombie makeup and all that. Um, and then when I we came back from the set, I jumped on uh, helping him to finish off the zombie makeup, which he had like a little bit left. So I jumped jumped on board to help him finish. It was, it was pretty good. I mm. didn't have any problems working with him. Just that's the only occasion we had uh, working together. It was... Uh, it was really, yeah, it, it was interesting. It was yeah. cool. I always wanted to work with him because obviously he was my teacher. Um, but, you know, when, when you first start, you usually do small projects. So you usually handle the whole thing on your own. 
Yeah. Um, you don't really collaborate with people much on uh, small things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, you've worked on, uh, on features and stuff uh, since then. So have you had a chance to collaborate with other SFX um, makeup artists? On some things, yes. But most low-budget pe- features try to go on with one person. Ah. Um, doing doing the whole thing, um, unless it's very heavy on effects. Like I um, I was a support makeup artist on um, Knights of the Damned uh, in 2016. Um, so because that was very heavy on the effects, so I did three days on the shoot um, helping out the main makeup artist. But she was on a lot of the days she was on her own. Uh, she didn't have people working with her every every single day of the shoot um only the days where we're heavy on on makeup yeah so i did three days on that like we had some zombies we had some cards we had some yeah a lot of fun mm-hmm. <laughs> um i i did some hair as well because she had some hair as well that she needed to do um so i helped help her out with that um yeah it, it was fun um, I've also actually did a, a graduate short film last year uh, for National Film and Television School, which was very heavy on effects uh, and hair and makeup as well, because it had a big cast. So we had two teams, oh, which wow. rarely happens on a short film. Yeah. Uh, so we had a makeup team, which was three makeup artists, and we had a special effects team, which I was heading, and we were three three people as well. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, which was great. I really enjoyed that. Well, when I worked on Transformers, um, they actually had like a whole, um, actually two tents full of hair and makeup to do all these extras. Yeah, that's the daily makeup artists. They're they're hired on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. um, they're the crowds. They call them crowd makeup artists. Um, Yeah, and you can have hundreds of them for one day mm. if you have like a, a massive crowd scene with a lot of um supporting actors yes. you would have hundreds of them well they the, the challenge they had was they had um god there was hundreds of us all being saxons so we all had to have long hair beards we all had to be bloodied up then we had all had to be muddied up as well with our uniform with our costumes and everything so it was it it literally went it went first we went into costume then we went into um hair then it was makeup and then we got we went into the mud room to get muddied up yeah yeah so you have numerous people doing like different parts of it yeah on big productions like that yeah production line yeah yeah (laughs) i did a film last year called in the name of ben hur with no it wasn't last year it was two years ago now oh wow yeah um which we shot in wales north wales um and i was the key makeup artist and i was supposed to have um assistance on crowd stays um which they were hoping to source locally and the first day we had crowds they managed to source somebody the second day however they didn't uh and it was a freaking nightmare for me um meaning in a meaning of time because i was really 
pushed with time. I loved working with these guys. I would always work with them again. But it was just manic because I had so many people. And um, they quite often they overbook supporting actors. Yes. Because uh, sometimes people don't turn up. Um, and they all turned up. <laughs> <laughs> so they thought, oh, it's a big tavern scene, so we're going to use them all. Yeah. And me and the costume girl, we were going crazy because it was just so many people and they were keep coming in, you know? Yeah. To no end. <laughs> and I, I imagine you also had to do the main cast as well. Yes, yes. The main yeah. cast was first and then... Yeah. Uh, all the supporting actors so they they we did the main uh, the main cast first and they went off shooting some other scene um just before that um to give us a bit of time to you know do the supporting actors yeah um and it was it was crazy i just didn't know who i am by lunch um and the, the worst of it was most of them had tattoos and this is Ben Hur. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, so you People had to didn't hide have them. tattoos back then, so yeah. we had to hide them. And um, we start coming up with all kinds of clever ways to hide them, not just with makeup, but with costume. Because, you know, hiding tattoo technically with makeup, it is possible, but it takes time to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it, it requires a lot of layering of materials on top of of one another so you can you know battle the color of the tattoo especially if it's black you know because it, it just comes through um the makeup and yeah. um there is a special technique to do it and it takes time yeah <laughs> and also it can rub off with the time depends on which part of the body you know if it rubs off in the clothes it will rub off and then you have to redo it so we we were coming up with all kinds of um <laughs> clever ways to uh hide the tattoos yeah i remember them i remember them saying on the original tomb raider uh film that starred angelina jolie um it was a big problem because she's got quite a lot of tattoos and of course you know that version of lara croft showed quite a bit of skin <laughs> so um so they said and, and obviously was involved in a lot of action scenes so yeah it was it was a uh, you know constantly having to uh reapply makeup just to to hide tattoos so um yeah i can i can imagine <laughs> it's been the joy for the makeup artists <laughs> yeah yeah well you know it, it's it's when especially when it's the stuff you don't see you know the stuff people don't notice there's it's it's it's, it's always that fine line isn't it <laughs> So, so apart from um, you know FX murder by illusions and whatever, what 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 other what other films instantly spring to mind for you as 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 films that you know you've always sort of been massively impressed with the with the makeup in particular on? Is is there any other you, you know thing that you're like, oh well, that that was fantastic. I always refer to that. You know, <laughs> funny enough, before I did. Um do makeup effects i didn't really used to watch a lot of horror films um i wasn't a a big fan of the horror genre i know you guys are but (laughs) i wasn't um and then when i start doing effects i start getting into it a bit more um and now i would watch any horror movie really (laughs) just because i want to see the effect you know it was anything like um 
Legends of the Fall, for example. Or, okay. Um, yeah, I love this movie. It's got quite a few good effects in it. And a, and a big massive fuck up in effects continuity in one scene, which I didn't see for years. <laughs> right. <laughs> because the scene is so strong that you just don't notice it um, unless you look for it, you know. Well, what um, is it? Um, it's in the scene where the youngest brother dies. Yeah. Uh, and then he, there is a blood on his mouth. There's no blood on his mouth. There's blood on his mouth. There's no blood on his mouth. Oh, his mouth. oh right. Okay. okay. It keeps changing. Um, but the scene is so strong between yeah. the two brothers that you don't notice it. So I've seen the film maybe 10, 10 times before I first noticed it. I was like, oh. There you go. The The power of a good performance can, yeah, can hide all sorts. It was quite a few years after I actually was doing effects already you know so i was obviously paying more attention to things like this yeah yeah absolutely and i mean that film was made obviously back before they were able to sort of add anything digitally afterwards so uh, probably ne probably nowadays they'd fix that you know <laughs> plus they were losing light um, right because this uh, if you remember um, well, actually, if you look at it, you would see there's a, a light continuity issue as well, which they decided to keep at the end uh, because they were losing light. But then at the end, they had these gorgeous kind of solicity <laughs> colors mm. mm -hmm. um, and it looked so nice. So they decided to keep it, although it wasn't matching with the light in the beginning of the scene. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, they were pushed with time. So they obviously were pressurized with that as well well yeah time yeah. is time is always a factor on these things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they were losing light so they were rushing so yeah. they probably didn't realize that this has happened and i don't know it's probably shot on film as well so it's not like you can replay anything that's yeah. true yeah. Um, yeah it would have been yeah um it's a it's a pretty epic film as well to to, to be fair so uh yeah you know it's 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 interesting that, that, that there are these uh these things, even in these big, you know, big lavish Hollywood productions, yet there are still, uh, you know, continuity mistakes and things that happen. Like you said, just not that they haven't got the resource. It's just often that, you know, time, we've only got a limited amount of time and, uh, you know, it's 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 always a pressure. So, um, but uh, but hey, if it, if it took you 10 watches to notice it because the performances were so good, then that says something, right? <laughs> but that, that's what they always say, you know, uh, regarding continuity issues. Like if, if people were looking at that, so that then, you know, what you're doing, it's not really worth watching. <laughs> people yes. noticing these kind of things, you know, and this kind of like little continuity issues. Um, yeah, another one that around the same time, came out around the same time, at least in Bulgaria, was uh, Interview with the Vampire. Oh, oh yes. Right, yes. And that's got some really good makeup and effects. Um, yeah, that was that was something I was always interested of how it's done. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good touchstone as well for that sort of thing, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was um, amazing. Um, the, the, um, I don't know. Do you remember the bit where the little girl, Kristen Dunst, and the the vampire, the female vampire that she asked Louis to create for her? Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a mother to her. That they were born in 
in Paris in this um, kind of dungeon thing from the sunlight. Yes, I remember. And they turn into yeah, remember this that. ash. They turn into this ash statue, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, Louis comes in and touches the statue, and it falls down, crumbles down. That's right. Yeah. In a non-orderly, orderly manner. <laughs> 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 That, that was built by Stan Winston Studio, and um, it's got tons of detectors, um, which telling are telling the ash how to crumble down. Oh, wow. Wow. That's why I said non-orderly, orderly manner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Stan Winston's definitely one of the greats. To, yeah, it took them two <laughs> months to work out how exactly to do it, and... And see, this is aided by computers to a certain extent, because, you know, the, the detectors were controlled by computer. Yes. Um, so this is, you can say, it's a, it's a cross between digital and practical, I guess. Um, although it's more animatronic, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, it's still, you know, going into to the realm of computers um, mm-hmm. to actually control an effect. But yeah, they actually build it in a specific sequence of crumbling. So who would you say is an, an FX artist that um, you you know that inspires you? That inspires me? Oh, well, Dick Smith, we all know. Yes. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Stan Winston, um, Rick Baker. Yeah, I, th- I think we've talked about all three of those on 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 various podcasts of ours because, or they, you know, they get mentioned because many of the films that we like and that we've talked about, um, you know, have used those artists. And uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the guys that did the Darkest Hour, um, the the Japanese guy, oh, he's, it's escaping my mind now. Uh, the darkest hour. Japanese guy, amazing sculptor. Um, and he was actually retired, and uh, he came back because Gary Oldman said he would only do darkest hour if um, this guy does uh, his prosthetics. Oh, okay. I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, did he win an Oscar? Wouldn't have surprised. It wouldn't uh, surprise yes. me. He yeah. did. Um, yes. The team win Oscar. He he did the he designed the prosthetics, and then there was two other guys. So the three of them uh, received the Oscar at the ceremony. Um, they were the the other two were the um, application team. So the yeah, da- the special David, supervisor and David Malinowski. Is that the guy? That's that's the application team head. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I think it was Tatsuhiro. It's gone. Oh, um, yeah, Tatsuhiro Suji. Is that? that, uh, I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yes. Yes, that's that's the one. And he did. Yeah, he was the uh, makeup and hair designer for Gary Oldman. yeah uh, that so yeah yeah okay yeah so he did a few um few different versions until they you know got the final you know decided on the final because obviously gary oldman looks very different than oh yeah yeah big time <laughs> churchill so they had to um find a way to uh change him enough to look 
as close as possible to Churchill, but also not restrict his um, ability to act. You know, so there is like a really fine line there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there are. I mean, that's very true. There's there's fine lines between all of this uh, this this artistry um, when it comes to you know. Uh, you know practical makeup and prosthetics and animatronics and then uh you know digital uh you know enhanced makeup and yeah it, it really is um you know i think it's that whole thing there's 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 not just one way to do something there are a number of ways and it's it's whatever works like like all of these things whatever you believe um and and you know what you don't notice is as important as what you notice isn't it it's 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 a really uh it's a it is a really delicate balance i think with that stuff um, and, and there is always a trial <clears throat> and error if you can afford uh to do that yeah yeah, yeah. you know no, so I... there's always if if you have the option to do a test um test makeups which they obviously had um uh, plenty for the darkest hour um it's always good because it always pays off but i remember actually um uh you know shortly before he died i saw an interview with um with stan winston where they were they were discussing exactly that about the um uh, you, you know the practical makeup sort of transitioning into the the digital realm and um he was saying that one of the one of the biggest uh leaps that that he found with that while he was working was um you, you know obviously with with the first couple of terminator films um when he when he had to sort of show the the endoskeleton uh underneath the the schwarzenegger cyborg you know it was always appliances that obviously he had to add to arnie's head yeah so they were always obviously um you know bits that you'd put on but obviously the logic behind it is the skeleton is underneath and he said by the time they were able to do it digitally and they could you know apply green parts to um to arnie you were actually able to then take away some of arnie's skull to show the the, the stuff underneath and he said you know that was a big leap because suddenly you were reducing the volume as opposed to adding to it and uh you, you know again he said you know the practical worked really well for some stuff but um there were other areas where uh you, you know using the digital like that was was a big advantage so um yeah it, it is it's always it is always a uh, a balance especially when you have like a fantasy characters and stuff something like um I don't know, um, I think any any creature that you can imagine from Guillermo del Toro film. Oh, yes, yes. You know, that would be a combination of prosthetics and, and digital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so any kind of creature um, makeup effects like that, digital enhancement gives, gave so much more opportunities on, on what you can do. Pretty much you can do anything you like these days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can put uh, some um, green boots on on your actor's uh, legs and have uh, uh, animatronically controlled limbs, which look completely non-human, and completely avoid the human shape of the legs if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're actually. I mean, they're, they're you know they're doing this with costumes and everything now in terms of combining, uh, you know, pra both practical and digital. Ex machina. This right. is a great example for it. Uh, this is the three departments work together. 
Yes. yes. Still costume and makeup. Yeah, Ex Machina is a great film. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. To create um, Ava, Ava, yeah. whatever it was. Ava. What was it? How Ava? Ava yeah. was pronounced. Um, yeah, to create her, that that was from from the design stage. They worked together, all the three departments. Yeah. To, to work out uh, costume costume prosthetics and um, and digital bit. So they, they put all the joints and the costumes in the logical places for the digital effects to be able to, you know, remove bits and add bits. Exactly. That that removing of, of, of uh, yeah, what would normally be bulk if you'd sort of try and apply prosthetics onto it. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's areas like that where it really works. Um, I saw a little featurette, actually, because the uh, um, Justice League's just been released on home media. And um, it was it was interesting because, uh, you know, some of the characters like, um, you, you know, Batman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they all had complete, um, you, you know, built and designed practical costumes. Right. But then you had with Superman, it was kind of a hybrid. So he had like the undersuit and then the, 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 the cape was added digitally. And then the character of Cyborg was completely digital. Um, he just wore a motion capture, a performance capture reference suit, and they did the whole thing yeah. digitally. And, you know, that's that's an example of where, you know, regardless of what anyone thinks about the film, uh, that's, a, that's an example of where they're kind of, um, you know, combining all the different sort of artist skill sets to do it uh if i you know uh, <laughs> and the fact they had to use makeup to remove uh you know henry cavill's di digital makeup uh, in in order to remove henry cavill's mustache which i never quite understood why they just didn't you know add a beard instead and have you know superman coming back from the dead with you, you know longer hair and a beard like in in the comics but uh you know they decided not to go that way <laughs> and spend a shitload of money on hiding a, a moustache that he couldn't get rid of for contractual reasons <laughs> you know <laughs> right i was wondering why he couldn't just get rid of the moustache <laughs> yeah no he was filming mission impossible six at the time so, uh, uh, yeah, and, so and his character had a... to, yeah right yeah, and and from uh, he probably still has it because uh, I mean they've they've still been like filming lately, sort of reshoots and stuff like that. So it's been really up to the wire. Yeah, is this the latest Mission Impossible? Yeah, the, the latest. One yeah, who's broke his food on? That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why they're still filming bits of it, isn't it? I know it's crazy that the release date's like I think is it June or July. And you know they're they're still filming it. So, oh yeah, but you know how it goes with things like this—they filming, they editing at the same time. Oh, like this is of, true. Yeah, they they are very they are very efficient. When I was working with these guys, the American guys from um, and the guys that do Sharknado and stuff. Oh, uh, the asylum. The asylum, yeah. So when I was working with them, you know, the since we shot the first day. On the third day, we were watching edits of them. Oh, okay. Because they, they send the, the rushes immediately, and then the edits are coming back to us. Oh, okay. Well, to the director, obviously. But, yeah, we were watching edits on, on, on set of the scenes we shot, you know, a few days before. 
Yeah, one of, one of the advantages. Was yeah. that the Ben-Hur film? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Well, you know how they do, isn't it? They, they release around big big blockbusters with similar names. So. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes. What is it? They call them mockbusters, right? <laughs> is, do, is, that, yeah. is that the term? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Snakes yeah. on the plane. Oh, let's do snakes on the train instead. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> why not? Why well, not? Well, they, they're a great bunch of yeah. guys to work with. So much fun to work with them. <laughs> but, I mean, this all comes from the fact that uh, uh, it, back in, like, the video shop, you know, Blockbuster, they would release a film that looks like uh, a sort of block, summer blockbuster film similar title especially post designs very similar the idea to confuse uh customers in shops because they they pick it up and they think that's the one yeah. I know, yeah yeah i know a friend of mine uh he once got a copy of um oh um not grendel what's the it, oh, it was the robert zemeckis film i think it was one of our picks for movie heaven movie hell <laughs> oh what Beowulf Beowulf yeah. He, yeah he picked up Beowulf and got uh, thinking it was the animation one it turned out to be one with Christopher Lambert in it <laughs> <laughs> ah there you go <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah well, you yeah. know, it, it like, makes sense. And they, they can't do enough shark movies, these guys. They constantly do shark movies. They never stop. <laughs> it's like, guys, another shark movie, seriously. They just showed another one in Cape Town this year. Yeah. Oh, I think I saw that one at uh, the um, Horror on Sea Festival. Oh, no, you, you've seen the one from last year. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> the, the one from this year is not out yet. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Wow, they, 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 they do crank them out, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They shoot a lot. They shoot a lot. So, Virginia, in your professional opinion, is it quite easy to, like, you know, CGI sharks? Because it seems to be so many films have CGI sharks in it now. Oh, I wouldn't think it's the easiest thing to CGI, to be honest. And quite often you can see it's a bad CGI, uh, especially on a low-budget things. Um, I know, but there's, as well as sort of Sharknado, you've got sand sharks, snow sharks, you know, uh, all kinds of all kinds <laughs> well, of sharks. There is a joke about um, the fact that they do so many shark movies is because they have only this in their uh, CG library and they just make a full use of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> I don't believe that's the truth. I, I think there's a little truth in there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Once you got that 3D model built, you can... That's uh, a joke. I can't remember who told me that, but I just like, no, you, you're kidding. <laughs> it cannot be the truth. <laughs> wow. Yeah, mm. but uh, yeah, apparently that's, that's what uh, the joke is, why they do so many shark films. But no, they have some really, really good people working with them. Um, the camera crew that came from America was really good. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, even though it's, you know, as we call them a mock buster, they still have to be of a certain quality. They can't be crap because, you know, they can't be shot badly or anything like that. Because then nobody will, you know, pay for it. it is a business at the end of the day. 
I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as far as I'm aware, they have not made a loss on a movie. No, no. I mean, there, there is, there is a market for that. That um, they, they, they have their, um, their hardcore fan followers. So. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Let's Actually, you know, Shark Planet that came out last year was directed by the same guy that directed Ben Hur. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. There you go. You see, they're getting all the bloody work. Damn it. But, uh, <laughs> no, it, it's all good. So, can you talk us a little bit through your um, your actual process then? So, you, you, you know, you you get a director contact you or a producer contact you to. Um, uh, maybe do some makeup which uh, involves some sort of special effects and whatever what's what's the how do you work with the with the director and you know what's your process for this so the the first thing i usually get contacted either by the producer or the director um and the first thing is uh, um they tell me um kind of roughly what they need I ask them to send me a script and ask them, do they have any budget? And what's that budget? If they do <laughs> have some, you know, serious budget, which is not very often the case on small things. Um, then I read the script. I see what's need to be done. Um, break down the script in a point of view of effects. Um, and then we discussed, like, then we have usually meetings. So we, most of the time up to that point, I haven't met them in person. Usually it's like, you know, Facebook or email communication. And then once I've got the script break, breaking down, we meet face to face to discuss, um, especially if there is a, a tricky effect so I need to know how they're going to shoot that, what they want to show exactly, you know, camera angles, and so on and so forth. And I give them the options they have um, to create that as effects. Um, with my opinion, what would work best and what would be, you know, what's the prices would be to create each one of the versions um, we can have. So... Um, after that is their decision. They decide what they want to do from there on. Um, and we have to make it happen on the day. Yeah. I mean, do you get given much prep time on, on, you know, like, for example, if you've got to have certain prosthetics, you need a lot of time in advance, right, to um, to make the casts and, you, Oh, well, you, you I know. try to get them to give me enough time, but quite often it happens that I end up working on a really tight schedule to prepare the staff. Um, like, for example, I have this actor coming today for a live cast or tomorrow, um, and I have to prepare the prosthetics for Saturday, no, for Sunday and Monday. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Okay. So it's quite tight. <laughs> I usually try to have like two weeks. These are not heavy prosthetics for this, so it's possible to be done. Um, it's just some swollen bits and stuff. Because um, he's get, getting bitten up. Oh, okay. Do you like working under pressure like that? I like to have a bit of pressure, mm -hmm. but not too much. Like sometimes they would leave it literally to the last minute, and I would have two days to do like an enormous amount of work, and I'll end up like sleeping 
three, four hours a night to be able to finish for the shoot, which I definitely do not like. But like from today to Saturday, I have like four or five days, which is okay. I can pace myself nicely through that if I don't have anything else to work on at that period of time. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I may have two projects running, you know, together and I may not have the whole day to work on, on the prep. Um, but at the moment for this particular project, I have this luxury of these four days to just commit to that so that that would be fine for me you know I have enough time to um, kind of do it but I like to have like one or two weeks especially if it's something more complicated at least two weeks Mm. to prepare and um, if it's something more complicated I would like to have a test you know test makeup day if possible Mm-hmm. Um, but it really depends on the production, like uh, what they want to do. You know, s- some people I work with would give me that, uh, and we'll do tests and everything. And other are just really quick, uh, want everything done very fast, um, and not really much of a of a time for testing. Yeah, and what do you enjoy doing? most i mean is there a a particular type of um you, you know makeup that, that that you enjoy or is it just all the same and you take it on a job by job basis i like special effects uh, mainly because they're more challenging like hair and makeup general hair and makeup's fairly simple once you've learned the rules um you follow them and you know it's fairly simple unless you have some really complicated hairstyle like Edwardian or something you know which Mm -hmm. may be a bit more tricky to do um, on the hair side but generally for film you just need like quite simple not over the top makeup that doesn't really take much time and you know you don't really even need much of a prep for it well when you have something like a special effects then there's always like a challenge you know to to you know, prepare the prosthetics, apply them, then um, paint them um, to look realistic and, you know, dress them and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more challenging and obviously some creatures and stuff is always <laughs> fun to do. Um, anything that's involved body painting, face painting, also I quite like. Um, drag makeup is fun. <laughs> Um, I had the chance to do that on um, a short project a few years back and it it was great because I had to to turn um, somebody who looks quite, has got quite chiseled manly jaw into more female feel to it just with makeup, you know, Um, just with highlights and shading, which was a great challenge, great fun. I really enjoyed that. Oh, fabulous. And is there anything that um, you'd really like to do that you haven't had the opportunity to do yet with um, with, with makeup effects? Really he- heavy creature makeup. Okay. I've done a couple of creatures, but they haven't been that, like, full-on bodysuit kind of thing, you know? They haven't been that heavy. And you'd like you'd like that challenge, yeah? I would like to, yeah, I would like to do something like that. 
with a budget with a budget no doubt with a budget of course, <laughs> of course. You, you can't do that without a budget like some proper <laughs> fantasy or you know some proper fantasy creature yeah. Something, something like in a Guillermo del Toro film, like you were saying. Yeah, earlier. something, yeah. something <laughs> like that, or yeah, or some of the Marvel things they have. Well, uh, me and Virginia, we had the the chance to go and have a look at um, the head from uh, American Werewolf in London, didn't we? Oh yeah, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, I took so many pictures of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was uh, for a project that I was going to do, uh, which didn't come to fruition. It may still, don't know. Uh, didn't never got the, the script the script quite right, but uh, you know, still, you know, it's still a possibility. But I was going to do a, a werewolf film, and uh, oh, fabulous! Yeah, and uh, Virginia was going to design the werewolf. Though at that point, we were looking at shooting. Uh, a short film short test where we were just going to use a a head use a a, like a puppet and um oh i seem to remember you saying something about mm, this way back yeah 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 yeah. okay i actually put together a sort of uh a, a trailer that was made up of footage from other films to sort of uh you know to sort of show this show what what i had in in mind yeah it was, it was going to be a kind of like cross between american werewolf in london and predator okay yeah oh i like the sound of that i mean <laughs> you, you you're absolutely right though to, to anything like that you know you've got to you're absolutely right you've got to have the script the script's got to sort of 100 percent work before you sort of commit to any um any any of you know ma- major costs like that hasn't it yeah. so um you were probably right to put it on hold if if you were yeah but the, the idea for the short was that um we'd never see the full werewolf um i was sort of just more concentrating on the head um i was gonna i was gonna do something which we've we've seen quite a few times i mean especially at the beginning of dog soldiers we see like a couple being attacked in a in a tent and that was mm-hmm. kind of like what i was gonna do sort of you know to kind of this short film but as a as sort of a way of introducing uh the the premise for my for my film and uh so it was it was going to be mostly sort of effects with the head um we were going to have it sort of pressing into the um tent so you sort of see kind of an impression of its sort of snout you know as it's sort of you know just sniffing around and stuff and just sort of you know putting the audience on edge and then we were going to have like a, a jump scare where you just would see the, sort of the jaws and stuff and uh we we want especially we wanted to look at the american werewolf in london head because uh it it was from um it was used for the bit where one of the kids gets attacked in on the yorkshire dells mm-hmm you know, okay. he's, you know, he's sort of screaming and the, you just see the, the, the head of the werewolf sort of, you know, biting into him. And it was a combination of having a head and it was, I believe it was like some sort of scissor system they were using to make the mm, jaws yeah. go up and down. Wow. It was, it was, it was a very basic system, but it was very effective. Oh, with, massively. Yeah. 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 No, no. So, I mean, that that was one of our heaven picks, wasn't it? <laughs> the more effective things are usually quite simple, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it just sort of came down to um, 
the fact that you could see something was attacking him, uh, but also a lot was left to the imagination, plus, you know, the actor's performance. I mean, you really felt that he was being torn apart. Yeah, yeah. you need a no, I agree. Good, good performance, definitely, for that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's saying all that, though, I mean, American Werewolf in London is known for having, you know, having a transformation that, you know, this takes place fully in in daylight, well, in, underneath, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bright lights in a room. And uh, it's, it is amazing to see how they did all that. I mean, they had to break it down into shots. They didn't, couldn't do the whole thing as like a one-er, but um, it's still amazing to see all the different, you know, bits and pieces they did just to, to create that transformation scene. The magic of editing these days is um, amazing what you can achieve mm. with practical practical effects and cuts in between in the right places. Well, exactly, yeah. I uh, discovered a new, um, well, it's not a new technique, it's a very old technique of animation while I've been in NFTS uh, called pixelation. Um, and I have in mind a personal project to do because I think that kind of technique can give you like a really great um, opportunity to explore makeup and transform somebody through makeup. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. And have it have it like a transformation in in camera, because basically what what it is it's um, it's like a stop motion. Yeah. Or go motion. So there's two versions of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's done with the real size props and the real size um, like actors, live actors. They just freeze frame for you. And you take loads of photos, still photos. Oh, right. Yeah. Run them through Dragon Frame, which is like an animation um, software. And then you join them together and it's it, it, it creates this really interesting motion. But because of this, you can actually do a makeup transformation. Oh, wow. Okay. Step by step through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can morph one one image into another. Yeah. Using that technique and have something quite interesting. So I want to explore this um, in the future. Have you you got to do a, um, you know, like a personal project for... uh, for the course um you know have you got to come up with something like that or is this just something that you you want to you do don't anyway you have to but you can pitch personal projects to the school mm-hmm. it is an opportunity uh there um as long as you involve many of your colleagues um and the school finds your project is interesting you will get a green light to do it um, if not, you can do your own personal project, which nobody can stop you doing in your own time, in, in you know, with your own means. Um, but the good thing, you know, with the school is that you have all these other talented people around that you can collaborate with. And also some equipment you have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Right, so you so you want to do some sort of um, like some sort of Lon Chaney type anim- um, transformation, yeah, like from a person into a creature, or is is that the idea? 
Yes, yeah, something like that. I wasn't really thinking about um, werewolf, but right. uh, um, some some something definitely fantasy. Right. right. Okay. okay. That sounds, sounds cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Sounds really good. Obviously, you know, you can you can always call on the likes of me and Simon for help. I'm sure if you want to do something like that, you know, you, you've you've helped us on stuff. <laughs> I was more thinking in the lines of Guillermo del Toro kind of fantasy creatures. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them more interesting and more kind of my style. Doug Jones is kind of busy at the moment, though. <laughs> yeah, he's very busy. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, it sounds, you know, that sounds interesting because, like you said, you're doing a, you're using, again, visual effects to help something that you're actually going to do in camera as well. And, um, you, you know, if you can combine those things that, you know, they can turn yeah. out really cool. So, yeah, excellent. I mean, um, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, we, we, there are a lot of things now where, um, I've I've often heard the sort of people sometimes wrongly, but they refer to things like performance capture um, CG as being essentially CG makeup, <laughs> and uh, um, you, you, you know there's there's some sort of controversy around that. But obviously, there's quite a lot of films being produced and being produced very well that, that that's using that technology. But what what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think do you think generally speaking, do you think actors um, prefer the practical makeup, or do you think that they like the freedom that they get with with when something's done digitally? I, I know that's a tough uh, question to answer. <laughs> uh, at yeah. least actors I've worked with that done both, um, because they have a different kind of challenges. Um, the the motion capture is more of a physical challenge for them usually, because they are required to do a lot of like physical things usually. Because um, mo- mostly is used for um, I don't know creatures or or games. Games is big on motion capture. Mm-hmm. So they use they do a lot of fight sequences and jumps and leaps and stuff like that, which um, more physical actors really love. Um, basically, uh, motion capture is um, actor driving a C- CG character, so the character can be even a dinosaur. Um, which is moved by the actor. So it's, it's basically cuts off the whole bit of animation process. Um, obviously, you need to do a cleanup of that capture after, which is also involves some animating. But um, it reduces the time for animating a CG character from scratch and creating, um, you know... Um, all, all the movements and tweaks and stuff to make it look realistic. Um, but then the actors, if let's say if they're moving a dinosaur, they have to adopt that kind of body structure to make the character move naturally, which is a challenge for them, and they find it interesting. Yeah, yeah, find their inner dinosaur. It all works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we did a motion capture. One of our modules is motion capture at, at the school. Um, and we were split into teams. 
so we were uh, seven people and we had to create the whole a whole little um, short story up to two minutes long I think it was um, uh, which main main aim was to have a CG character which is controlled by uh, motion capture and that CG character is put into a life plate and interacts with the objects in that life plate, back plate. Um, so my team, we created um, a tea girl, which morphed from a spilled cup of tea. And she danced around this table and interacted with the phone receiver and books and cup around the table. And did a little dance. So we had to do that with motion capture. Um, and create, you know, a, a digital character that she can move. It was very interesting. It was great fun little project. No makeup involved at all. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, this course you're doing does sound really interesting. I, I, I have to admit, because it sounds like you're trying all different, you know, techniques yeah. and 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 you know aspects and facets of of the uh, the the sort of visual effects world and um uh, you, you know i think that's uh, that's fascinating you know <laughs> it's great and it's also being in nfts means that you do it in the best possible facilities yes so we did our motion capture in centred which is one of the biggest motion capture studios in around london they're based in pinewood very good very nice very nice. Mm. They've done motion capture for a lot of games and a lot of like big movies. Yeah. So we we spent um, we had an introduction day there where the team of Centroid explained to us what we need to prepare and da da da. And then the week after we had one day shoot for each team, so two days in total, to capture our motion. And before that, the week before that, we had to shoot the live plate. So we have we have a reference because you have to recreate that live plate on the floor of your motion capture studio. Right. In in the right scale. Ah, because the other part of it that our character had to be either smaller or bigger than a human being. Oh, okay. So that, that was also a condition. So our was smaller. So you have to recreate that desktop desk uh, plot on the floor and scale it up because you have a human moving there that scales down to your you know digital character so you have to recreate the distances between the objects obviously you don't need to have the objects exactly the same you you kind of mark their positions and heights and stuff mm -hmm. but the the actor has to have something to interact and know what's where no absolutely you're dealing with scale and um yeah distance and all that sort of thing i mean uh, I, I was very lucky i went to see um a q a not long ago with um andy circus of imaginarium and oh, um nice. he was yeah he was t he was talking about he thinks you know, it's like talking about the future of um, sort of film in, in theatre combined. And uh, he was saying, I mean, he's very passionate about this stuff, as you know, where he, he believes that, um, you know, mocap will be used 
you know, in live theatre environments so that you have actors interacting with, you know, creatures and stuff that you see on stage, but are actually being generated by an actor in a, in a, in a you know, performance capture um, studio. Uh, and, 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 you know, he's got all these ideas about where it can go and how interactive it can be and, and all of that sort of thing. And it was, it was, you know, it, it just makes you think, wow, yes, you know, the, 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 the possibilities are, are endless with this stuff. And, uh, and, and, and I, and I, I, I think it's always important to know the, the practical way of doing it as well as the sort of uh, latest technology, if you know what I mean. I think it's, it's important to, to know both and, and use both. Motion capture is quite new still, so it's, you know, there's so much still to be done. Uh, and people constantly do new developments in the area. So it's crazy what, what kind of things you will be able to do, like capture face, somebody's facial movements in the real time. That's yeah. what they're developing in the moment. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. Well, we saw the uh, development of actually having cameras close up to the face, which uh, I think for a few years ago they they weren't doing. But that was uh, a development that came out of Avatar, that they, mm. just to catch the uh, the expressions and stuff, just the minute expressions, having this camera right up in their face. And oh, course, yeah. Yeah, and of course having all the dots all over them. And also the cameras is like, the motion control, it's another mm-hmm. part of it, motion control cameras. The first one that were built were ginormous. Yeah. And now they build these rigs and stuff and, you know, the sizes of the cameras have reduced and the things that they can do. And uh, the first the first 360 camera was really big. Yes. Yeah. And now they're tiny. And now they're tiny. Yeah. Well, again, we wouldn't get shows like Orphan Black and stuff without that sort of technology, you know, where you've got multiple passes with the uh, same actor playing different characters in the same scene and all this sort of stuff. And, um, you you know, you can now get some quite complex camera movements in there as opposed to the old static shots (laughs) that they used to do when they when they just did composites that way. So, um, you know, it is fascinating. It really is. It's it's. uh, it blows the mind. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, you know, the, in the past when there were supposed to be anything digitally done, they tried to have locked cameras because it was easier. Yes. To 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 do the effects after because you don't have to, you know, track the camera and, you know, all these kind of things. Uh, but now there is so many ways to, you know, track still can be pain uh, but you can track <laughs> the camera movement and um, also you can record the data for the camera on set which is what visual supervisors are in part of what they are in charge of when they're on set getting the camera details intrinsics extrinsics you know so you know what lenses has been shot on how far the camera was um, was there another pan, another, um, you know, anything, um, anything about the camera that can help do a proper track easier after when you do the digital effects so that they have to, you know, do collect all that camera information 
So they have to collaborate with the camera team to record all the information. Well, when I was, again, on uh, Transformers, uh, there was a chap there from uh, ILM, and he was taking multiple photographs and measurements of the entire uh, area mm. the, of the location because yeah. they wanted to extend the battlefield that we were in. Yeah. Because there was only a certain amount of woodland that we were allowed to use, um, they wanted to extend it and make it bigger. And so, yeah, that was that was kind of quite interesting seeing him go around. Though, um, I don't know why he was wearing uh, camouflage. That I don't know. Uh, probably just a choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, a fashion choice. <laughs> fashion choice, yeah. But taking loads of pictures from everywhere makes a lot of sense, yeah, because it, it, oh, it yeah. gathers like visual information uh, on textures, on lighting, on... Um, camera position uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had another person with him who had a witness camera that was filming the other camera where the other camera was oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. Um, you know they use all kinds of different you know techniques to get techniques, to yeah. gather as much information as possible to back themselves up so they can recreate a you know more realistic CG well, exactly, because I mean, at the end of the day, we did have a, a giant dragon flying around and, f you know, firing fireballs at people and stuff. They're hard to come by. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit hard yes. to come by. <laughs> yes, I, I still remember the uh, Michael Bay's direction about. So there's a big dragon and it's flying towards you, and you got to run away, and you're shit scared. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but don't run into the smoke don't run into the fire don't run into the knights fighting don't know what's where <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you have to just imagine it <laughs> yeah well unfortunately he didn't mention the horses that would be riding up behind us so <laughs> they don't call it Bayhem for, for no reason oh yeah he's famous for that <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's not a very good director <laughs> he's also famous for liking to do everything in camera well there's the irony <laughs> yes, yes. gonna blow up a car let's blow up a car for real well he, the man loves his explosions yes. I mean he can he can shoot explosions so that the cows come home but unfortunately he can't direct that oh. <laughs> he has done some good films though but that's a whole other podcast yes I, I, I agree but but the, I, I, I've said this before on other podcasts, so I'm going to say it again. When when you've got an actor delivering a line, you don't need to film everything else that's going on around him, especially if the actor cannot nail the line. Yeah, but they can. <laughs> that's why they do it, because they can. I know, but the, the, <laughs> it, makes, it makes no sense. I mean, it's, you know, again, it was a bit of pivotal dialogue in this you know in the scene for you know transformers and you know everything else that's going on was just a distraction i mean we didn't need to run that 11 times just be you know just because the actor could not say a very simple line as well hey keep your fit what yeah but it but it burns it burns it burns the calories off from the uh 
ample craft services that they probably had on that shoot. So uh, it's 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 all good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not complaining about that because you know, overtime on a shoot's very good. There you go. And one of those shoots you, you you want to go into overtime. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so Virginia, is there anything at the moment that you're working on that you want to talk about or tell us about, or anything coming up that's exciting? Actually, I'm I'm doing this uh, this project that I'm gonna be doing a live cast for is a very interesting project of my school um, with BFI. Okay. It's called uh, BFI Film Academy, I do believe, and it's for teens. Oh. Um, and the kids are uh, got together for I, I think over the holidays, Easter holiday. And they produce a little short film, so they see the whole oh, okay. process of of it. And one of my colleagues who graduated the production, the producing course last year, so he's just graduated. Well, actually, in the beginning of this year, um, is uh, helping out producing it. So he. Um, Asked me to do the makeup for it. Fantastic. Oh, very nice. And yeah. I'm looking forward to it because it's a really nice little initiative, you know, to get young people into uh, mm. into the film business. Oh, indeed. No, absolutely. That's good. And then I have uh, another two short, short stories going on at the end of the month, which are with people I've worked before. Um, not, not connected with the school um one i'm really looking forward to it because i really love dancing and we're gonna be working with a ballet dancer oh nice the other one is just like a little drama thing we're gonna shoot over three days Mm -hmm. which i am still to read the script for (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) okay i mean i got it i just haven't had the time to sit down and read it yet because it's you know it kind of yes. gets pushed back because it's at the end of the month and everything else comes before it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been naughty uh, there. I should read it really. Yeah, yeah, and and of course, Virginia, you know, you you worked on the whole of of my feature film, Modern Love. Uh, you've been there from the very first shot that we did back in um, God, was it uh, two thousand eleven? Yeah, yes. I was going to ask, how is this going? Uh, it's it's coming along. Uh, it's all sort of um, it's all being edited, um, so it's it's more or less there. It's only got a few bits more of editing till we're final. We're in the final cut, and then it's it will be a sound grade and uh, color grading, and then it will no. be finished. So um, it should be ready for the summer. Ooh, looking forward to see it. Yes, well, God, yes, it's been so long, but uh, yeah. But you've worked on every story. I think there's only you. You were only unavailable for one day, out of all the all the days we've shot on this. Um, yeah, I, I think more or less. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a couple of stories. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Well, you you've been there for the majority of it. 
The majority of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I know I wasn't available for one day on the one with uh, Joe, Joe Marriott, yeah. Yeah, that's right, the the one that got away. It was Virginia, obviously, <laughs> the one who got away on that day. <laughs> on one day, yeah. One I day. think I was booked already for something else when you contacted me, so I couldn't do that, that particular day. But the 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 rest of the, sh- the of that shoot you were available for. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is a talks for three or four potential feature for low budget features for this year, but I don't want to say more more because you know nothing's confirmed yet. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and, Makes and sense. until they're you know you, you have a contract. And, 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 until you're yeah. on set with this kind of of shoots, you you never know. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. I was really looking forward to doing The Butcher, um, which was supposed to be like a horror slasher movie. Okay. Um, and it was quite heavy on special effects uh, plus digital effects enhancement. Um, and the director was also a VFX person, so he was going to be doing the digital effects, and we had all the discussions uh, how we gonna do the effects? How we gonna shoot them? What's gonna be practical? What's gonna be digital? You know, and I was so excited about it, and um, we were talking about like, oh, we were going to shoot in France for two weeks, and literally in the middle of the week before the week we were supposed to head to France, like literally four days before we supposed to head to you know locations. Yeah. The director and the producer had um, some disagreement, so the whole project was Michelle. stopped. Yeah, no. that's a shame. And yeah. never happened. And I was so looking forward to, you know, do all these effects. Yeah, yeah. Now that is a shame. I mean, that does happen. I, I think I've, I think that's happened for me on as many productions as I've actually probably done. <laughs> I've had ones that have fallen through and uh, it is a bummer, particularly when you're really sort of passionate about it and looking forward to doing it and then it doesn't happen yeah, for whatever I was, reason. I was really excited because the effects I was supposed to be doing were amazing, you know, really challenging. Yeah. But it, it, it might come back. It might come back. You never know. These these things happen and they might get, you know, yeah. another producer on board or some more financing or something. You never know. So, yeah. And I'm sure they'll come to you first as you were, you know, in, you've had all the discussions and you were enthusiastic about it. And I'm sure, you, you know, that that's that's the key uh, often is is you want to be surrounded by people who can A, do the work, but B, are actually excited and keen and enthusiastic about doing it. You know, especially when you're working in conditions where you probably haven't got all the money and all the resources and all the time that, that you'd, you'd like. Yeah. So, um, so you know, the fact that you were super excited about this, I'm, I'm sure that guy will remember. And if he is able to, because uh, he's probably just as gutted, you know, <laughs> he oh, or yeah, she, I'm sorry, sure. is probably, probably sure. just as gutted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, th- I'm sure they are. They, they were two producers, actually, a uh, female and a male. Oh, oh brilliant. brilliant. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'm, wow. I'm sure they're gutted as well, and would love to get it get it done. They had some good, like cast as well. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> F- 
fingers crossed on that one. Fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. No, on Guardians that one, been doing well. I don't know. Do you, did you guys see that? Um, uh, no, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Have I have not had the opportunity either yet. Although it is definitely on my list to see because obviously you know a lot of the. the uh, the, the the cast and crew that were involved in that and uh, obviously what and what to support it so uh, mm. when the, when there's when there's a, a a local screening that I can actually make <laughs> I will be there for sure <laughs> I think there is another one coming in London I can't remember when um, oh I will keep my eyes peeled for that Phil. maybe maybe towards the end of April there was one in London yeah oh, oh great, great. Okay. but yeah they 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 are. Uh, they've been shown on a lot of festivals uh, recently. On the, in the Newcastle one. Yeah. No, they're doing quite well. In fact, we, yeah, you're making me think we should get them on. Actually, probably to <laughs> to to talk about it and uh, yes. help promote it at some point because uh, I'm sure there's an interesting story behind that one. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great fun doing it. It was a great little shoot. Was that just? Uh sort of beauty and hair or was that was there special effects as well well it was mainly beauty and hair but there was a couple of effects bits as well oh excellent um not not too many just a couple nothing okay. like you know big that, that you can you know even realize you know like yeah yeah one of them kind of slides by people <laughs> okay they don't even realize how somebody had to actually do that as an effect oh. <laughs> makeup so it's quite funny um but yeah it's uh, it was great fun i i, I like working with these guys it's oh, always fun. yeah oh no they they're, they're they're a great bunch so um yeah no, absolutely yes cool. at the end of the day the award i won the in 2016 was for one of their shorts so i can't complain <laughs> Yes. All oh, right. So you, you won an award, yeah? Oh, tell us about that. Come on, big yourself up. I won an up. award from um, <laughs> Tabloid Witch for best um, best effects makeup. And what was that for? In 2016, for the short of Brain Hound called Stained. Stained. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that yep. had a lot of a, a lot of work for me. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. For any listeners out there that don't know who we're talking about, this is uh, Brainhound Films, which um, I'm sure if you put that into Google, uh, you'll be able to find more information on that stuff out there. <laughs> yeah, so we got three awards on um, from Tabloid Witch that year. Um, one was for Best Supporting Role for Chris Paredes, uh, and the other one was Best Makeup Effects for me, and uh, then we had an honourable mention which went to uh, Mark Brown and uh, Phil Hain. Oh well, congratulations there to you and and to uh, and to those guys. Awesome. I, I didn't, didn't know that. that so that's a, cool. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's finally on my wall. I put it last week. <laughs> <laughs> Had it laying around my house for ages. I was like I should I should really put put it up. Absolutely. Until you run out of war space where you've got so many. That, that's, that's, that's the goal, right? I'm running out of war space at the moment because I have too much of my makeup work on the walls, but it would be ah. nice to replace it with awards, right? <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or a room for each. There you go. 
That's that's the goal. Oh yeah, <laughs> this sounds bad. Aim, aim high, aim, aim high. high. Aim high. <laughs> yeah, it's my motto. Aim high. Absolutely, as a good motto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times I've been told I'm, I'm aiming too high, and I always say, "Well, if you aim high, at least you know you're gonna get halfway up." <laughs> you Most know? definitely. Most definitely. So, Virginia, is there a, a website people can find out more about your work? Yeah, my website is uh, virginiabupova.com. Very simple. Um, I'm also on Instagram at virpoisfx and uh, under the same name on Twitter. Excellent. And uh, um, I have a Facebook page, a makeup page. Um, so if you just put Virginia Popova on Facebook, you can find me. Very yes. easy. There you go. So filmmakers out there, you need good makeup and effects makeup, you know who to call. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you're coming in my direction. (laughs) Absolutely. That's what, hey, that's what we all have to do, us independents. We have to uh, support each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> and and so if they're looking for a uh, an actor who's is very good at portraying British people, uh, <laughs> where should where should they go? Oh, I don't know. Um, spotlight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want a, a British officer in your Star Trek uh, <laughs> fan film, where should they go? Yeah. Uh, well, you can find you can find some of my work uh, if you go to YouTube and put in British Isles. It's E Y L E S, as in my last name. Uh, you can find some shorts there that I've written, produced, and directed, and one that I'm in. Um, uh, and if you want to see other credits, just put my name, Keith Isles, into IMDb. And as always, you can find my work at independentrunnings.com. Uh, you can f- uh, listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and all good podcast providers. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. It all helps. So that just leaves me to thank Virginia for coming on. It was a great pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's always a pleasure chatting with you, Virginia. Yep, thanks very much. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to you, the listener, too, for uh, for checking us out and listening. And uh, please um, check out the next episode of Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. <laughs>